In today's episode, we dive into an important topic that has caught the attention of many aspiring homeowners, the recent mortgage changes for lower credit score buyers. With the housing market constantly evolving and lending practice adapting to various economic factors, it is crucial to stay informed about these changes that can affect your ability to secure a mortgage. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or someone looking to refinance, join us as we explore the implications of these mortgage rate adjustments and provide valuable advice to those changes to help you navigate the lending landscape. Get ready to gain a deeper understanding of what these changes mean for a lower credit score buyer and how you can make informed decisions around home buying. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Financial Mirror. Financial Mirror. Where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. What is up and welcome to the Financial Mirror as we continue to improve the one thing you can control yourself. If this is the first time you are joining in, don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube to be notified of all the new episodes as they release. If you are listening on a podcast platform of your choice, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave that five-star review. And on Apple, those written comments go a long way in spreading this information to more and more listeners. Here at the Financial Mirror is not about the numbers and spreadsheets alone, but transforming and educating you on money so you can make smart financial decisions. Today is a great episode and welcome to this episode about the mortgage rate changes, I guess we can say. Uh, today we are going to dive into an important topic that many people in the United States are uh, sort of, there's there's kind of a split split house on this one, to be honest. Uh, but we're going to explore this, what the government's currently doing to help individuals with lower credit scores access more favorable mortgage rates. Uh, for those lower credit score individuals, home ownership can really feel out of reach. Um, and, you know, I, I'm going to at the end of this. So let me let me just preface this whole episode with this, um, because I don't want to lead you. I don't want to lead the witness to nothing. OK, so first and foremost, if you are a low credit score buyer, that does not technically mean you have debt. That could mean that you have had debt. And you've recently got out and you're waiting for your credit score to obviously rebound because it will. It will rebound. Uh, you don't need to go pay someone, you know, hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars to, to get your credit score back up. Over time, good financial habits are going to improve your credit score. OK, so just want to say that. But I also want to say that for lower credit score buyers, if you are not, if you if you followed any of my episodes, you know that I'm going to tell you before you buy a home, you should be out of debt one. So, uh, if as we go through this, if you are a lower lower credit score buyer, I'm going to first challenge you: get out of debt first before we ever start talking home buying. Because I've done many episodes on this, but you know the long story short, and I can sum it up in just a few sentences: is this a Brand new HVAC system is going to cost you ten to fifteen thousand dollars. You own a home, you are responsible for that. You rent a home, your landlord is responsible for that. Okay, so it, it's just it's 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 not good practice to have debt 
to only be hit with all these other things that could potentially put you further into debt. Uh, so I'm going to end on that. But all I'm saying is that this is this episode. I do want to talk about this, this split house that's happened with these, like you can see this headline, new mortgage rate, more new mortgage fee rules. Well, higher credit score buyers really pay more. You know, so we're going to talk about that, but I wanted to preface that with that. You should not be buying a home if you are, uh, you have a lower credit score and in debt. It's okay to buy a home with a lower credit score if if you do all the other things right. Okay, so that's that's that part. But today, I do want to I do want to shed some light on this new thing. Like, will higher credit score buyers really pay more? Uh, I also want to talk about sort of just the the landscape of lower credit score purchasing. Uh, what does that look like? Uh, talk about the FHA, the Federal Housing Administration, and the various loan programs. We'll also talk about the Federal Reserve's influence on mortgage rates, sort of how they influence that, uh, common misconceptions out there about that, and some other different housing initiatives that are going on. Um, I do want to, at the end of this, talk about some practical tips for individuals with lower credit scores. So, stay with me till the end and we will discuss that. Uh, this is a content data driven episode. Uh, so the, the pictures do speak well, but I will try to speak to them, uh, so that those listening on a podcast understand where we're going with this, because I want everyone to walk away with a great understanding. Uh, but I do hope to bring out the good and the bad of what is going on with the mortgage rates, with the higher fees for higher credit score buyers, so forth and so on. Um, I just think that it's good to understand. So first off, let's discuss, understand, you know, how credit scores and mortgage rates kind of work. Like what's that relationship? So first and foremost, credit scores are a driving factor in the, the mortgage rate that you get. Okay. So you can see here, there are many factors that affect mortgage rates first and foremost, but the, your credit score is an indication of your financial responsibility. Okay. Now that does not translate exactly like just because you have a low credit score does not mean you're financially irresponsible. Um, it means that you could have at one point been financially irresponsible. If you have no credit score, that means you could be extremely financially responsible or extremely not financially responsible. Okay. So it is possible to have no credit score. And can you buy a house with no credit score? Absolutely, you can. Is it tougher? Sure. Some people still do uh, manual underwriting, but that's not all people. Some people take the easy route. And most, most companies take the easy route nowadays uh, with the advancement of most people having credit scores. Um, but your credit score is a direct indicator of how financially responsible you are. So if I'm going to give you a loan... I want to be able to look at something and say, yeah, I am willing to give you this loan and you don't seem like a high risk to me. So I'm going to give you a better rate so that you will go with me versus someone else. Right. But that's only a part of a mortgage rate. Uh, you can see all these other pieces and we're going to talk about a few of these. But your credit score has a impact on your mortgage rate. OK, now. Here's a quick chart that shows you how someone with a higher credit score. So in this chart, a 760 to 850, 850 is our highest credit score. Uh, in this example, they may get like a 4.147% interest rate versus someone with like a 620 credit score. 
may get like a 5.736% interest rate. You see, that's a full percent difference and just under a $100,000 difference in interest paid. So you can see that relationship. You can see how those are built together. They're built together on the basis that one person um, is has shown to be more financially responsible. Therefore, they get a lower rate, meaning the, organ, the company, the bank is not going to make as much money off of them. The person with the lower score, what what here, here's how the here's how this works. Okay. Cause you're probably like, well, well, why, if, if you know that they're going to pay, why not charge them the higher rate? Right. Well, you know, well, here's the thing. Here's the kicker. Here's the, the biggest kicker is the first few months of having a mortgage. You're more than likely not going to default on your mortgage. Okay. As time passes, you increase the chances of things like that HVAC system going out, right? Then what happens? Are you going to choose your mortgage? Or are you going to choose the HVAC system? Are you going to choose the medical bill? Or are you going to choose the mortgage, right? Most of the time, they're trying to get as much interest as, as early as possible to help out with that loan, right? That's the idea here. Because the longer this loan goes, for those that are financially irresponsible, or, you know, quote unquote, financially irresponsible, i.e. lower credit score, they, there's more chance that something bad's going to happen. So they want to try to, the banks want to get as much money as they can early on so that they can try to recoup those, that money. Now, there is this thing out there called the Federal Housing Administration. And what the Federal Housing Administration does is helps provide mortgage to FHA approved lenders, right? What they, what they are out to do is say, you're going to get you're an FHA approved lender. We approve you to do loans. Uh, you are going to provide these FHA loans and we're going to back them as a federal government, you know, agency. Okay. That's sort of how this works. There are these FHA loans out there. Uh, FHA loan, you've probably heard things like conventional loans. You've probably heard things like VA loans. You've probably heard all these things. But FHA is another one of those loans and FHA loan programs are FHA insured mortgage loans and they are designed to provide some um, more favorable benefits for lower credit score buyers. Okay, that's the biggest thing here is that they are a agency that helps lower credit score buyers get into a home. Now, there are benefits to an FHA loan. There truly are benefits, but there's also, you know, cons as well. So the benefit is that you normally can get into it with a very, very low down payment. Well, there's a con to that. If you don't do a 10% down payment, your PMI is never going to go away. You will pay private mortgage insurance for the entirety of the loan. So that's, you know, money that's just paid out. Um, normally, you can get better rates than conventional for low credit borrowers. Um, many condos are not approved. That's no good. Uh, you are only allowed to do owner occupied. Well, IE, I don't think anyone with lower credit score should be investing in real estate just yet. I'm not saying they ever will, but just yet. Uh, and in addition to that, um, there are lower mortgage insurance rates for the, uh, FHA loans than conventional for some borrowers. Okay lenient credit score guidelines, which makes it easier. 
Uh, but all of these things are good and bad for FHA loans. Okay, that's the that's the kicker here. That's the kicker. So all of this plays into how how you get into the loan. So this is the this is that entryway. The first thing is you're going to figure out what type of loan you want. For a lower credit score buyer, an FHA provides some some decent benefits um, for you if you're just trying to get into a home. Okay. But that's only, this is now, like we've talked about the credit. That's how, you know, your rate is determined. There's a way that your rate is determined. And then this shows you another piece of sort of this overarching um, agency that helps lower credit score buyers. Now, what about the rates in and of themselves, right? We know credit score affects it, but how do rates end up? There's there's some misconception out there around uh, how the Federal Reserve monetary policy drives rates. Uh, but I want to tell you that monetary policy is just a set of tools that the nation's central bank has that they can use to... Um, to slow down or increase buying, right? Um, they can they can try to keep us in that two percent inflation area, right? I think that's kind of that sweet spot that we kind of want to stay. And they use monetary policy to do that, to go to bring you know to increase buying power to or, or de- buying pressure and decrease buying pressure, however they can. Uh, that's just an a way. I'm not going to get all to the nuances of it, but I just want you to think about that because that's not where exactly rates come from. Okay. That's not really where rates come from. The federal reserve actually affects rates, but not in the way that they, that you think, um, it determines the federal fund rates, um, you know, which does impact, but what it does is it, it, Set it has a rate where banks and other financial institutions can lend money to each other. When the federal funds rate increases, it becomes more expensive for those banks to borrow and exchange money between each other. And what do they do? They pass that cost off to you, the consumer, which means you get increased mortgage rates. When that is cheaper, when that fine, uh, when the the um, federal funds rate decreases. It makes it cheaper for banks to inter- interchange money, and all of a sudden they pass that on to you, giving you a lower cost to do that. So that's kind of how the Federal Reserve sets these rates. Okay, so that's that's where all of this kind of comes from, and you can see uh, this is a very very uh, data driven thing. I just want to be able to get to this this. I want to build up to this last part about. Is this or is this not beneficial, right? Is this or is this not beneficial? So let's jump into that piece. We, we talked a lot about a lot of the dry stuff, right? So let's talk about the actual thing. Like what is that thing that the government did that made it potentially more expensive for, for higher credit scores to, to buy homes? Well, here's the first part that I want you to understand is that there's really two government-sponsored agencies um, they're called government sponsored enterprises, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they are influenced by the federal monetary policy, um, and buying and selling government securities such as bonds, right? That's how Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are, uh, uh, governed. Okay. 
So the Fed's recent rate hikes won't directly influence mortgage rates. We just went over that. It will not affect the actual mortgage rate, but their effect on the economy could push them up or down. Make sense? That could push them up or down. Now, while that's all going on, there was some pieces um, that were done that allowed for lower credit score buyers to, to get into homes. They increased these affordable housing initiatives and allowed for opportunities for lower credit score buyers to get into a home. Um, the the Freddie, Mac, uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are financial uh, intermediaries, okay? They act as this like financial assistant lender for borrowing houses and or for borrowing for housing, okay? Now, they're... That's just, you know, two more purchase, um, two GSEs or, or, you know, government sponsored enterprises that purchase mortgages and package them into these mortgages that carry the financial backing of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Now, they don't directly issue mortgages. They back mortgages. They have these mortgage-backed securities, which helps that piece of it. Now, they run programs and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to get into the nuances of it, but I just want you to have this idea that these two, these two entities uh, are government sponsored. They don't directly impact rates. They just help drive initiatives for uh, these like affordable housing initiatives. So here's what happened. What happened was they changed the um, cost for loans. They changed these costs. And then what happened was that all of a sudden there, there was this influx of, uh, uh, mixed opinions. Let's just call them that, that came in because some of the changes directly increased the cost for a higher credit score buyer to purchase a home. Okay, that happened. It also decreased the cost for a lower credit score buyer to buy a home. Now, you heard that, right? Higher credit score buyers are were were I don't want to say targeted, but they higher credit scores, those costs went slightly up in this one little window, and lower credit scores went slightly down. So you probably heard that. You probably heard, oh, higher credit score buyers are going to pay more. Well, that's not exactly true. They're, they're not being charged more so that lower credit score borrowers can pay less. Okay. So it's not like this, like, uh, uh, this like balancing act where we're all of a sudden now going to charge higher credit score people more so that this other group, you know, lower credit score people can pay less. Now, these fees were updated, and this is true that that some of the fees are higher for higher credit score buyers, and some of them are lower. Now, that that is um, just the fees, right? That's just the fees. Generally, a increase in in you know in the credit score um, is still it's still overall the amount that you're going to spend in interest 
once you take into account that rate and all that that we talked about on the front half of this episode, this reason why that was very important to go over was that by the time you take the rate in there and you add the fees, the higher credit score buyer is still paying less. Does that make sense? So some of the updated fees are higher and some are lower in very differing amounts, but that does not mean that the higher credit score buyer is actually paying more, right? That's just this, this fee, right? This, this fee, um, they, they, the up, this upfront fee could not actually impact how much comes out of the, the buyer's pocket, right? So that's, you know, it, it was, it was misunderstood. It was misconceived. And I'm hoping that uh, you can see that it, it was not very well, it was not very well discussed. Um, so some of those are, that is the case, but many borrowers, remember that many borrowers with high credit scores or that are making large down payments are going to see their fees decrease or remain flat. Like there's really no change. So what was the target of this? Like, why was this done? Well, really and truthfully, the, the targeted elimination was for the upfront fees for borrowers with lower incomes. That was really it. So they were trying to make a lower upfront fee, not overall fee, upfront fee for lower incomes, not lower credit scores. That was the original target or the actual intended target was for lower income um, communities, right? To be able to, you know, because bad, bad equation though, I'm going to tell you this, and this is just me inside of my head, just speaking out loud, but I do not like how they equated a low credit score to a low income, right? So the basis is if you have a low credit score, that means you have a low income. I don't see those the same at all. Like not even close. Like there's people that make, you know, 500 K a year and they have really low credit scores just because they're really just financially irresponsible, right? They take on tons and tons of debt uh, they have a, you know, multi-million dollar home. They drive this huge, you know, this nice Lamborghini with this $120,000 uh, car payment. Like they miss payments now and again, they, you know, all these things and they have a low credit score. That does not mean that they have a lower income. Now, um, here, the thing is, is that this is just a fee. Uh, you can look on this chart on the screen here and you can see that the, that middle, that middle area, so or that 700 to seven, um, what is that? 59, sort of that ballpark, 779, even that ballpark is kind of where that sweet spot is of who's, who's most impacted by these fees. Um, but that's kind of that, that sweet spot. Now I told you I was going to, I've sort of gone through that and debunk that one piece, right? That, that you're, your fee change is not, doesn't have anything to do with that. You're because you have, you're being penalized because you have a higher credit score. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. And you're definitely not paying higher fees so that other, you know, lower credit score individuals can pay lower fees. That's, that's not at all the case either. So I, I, you know, I, now that we've cleared that up, I do want to talk about strategies for improving your credit score and, uh, buying a home. I do want to talk about that. So I, I pulled these, these are Dave Ramsey's 10 steps. Um, but 10 steps to not end up house poor. And I, and I don't, I want you to, I'm leaving these on the screen so that you can look at them, 
but I specifically want to talk about steps one, two, and three. That's where I want to stick at. I don't want, I don't even care about four through 10. I want you to, to look at those, but if you can't get through steps one through three, um, I, I, I caution you and tell you that it's just not time. It's not time to buy a home. So step one is find out you're ready. What, how I define that is you are out of debt. You have three to six months of an emergency fund built up three, six months of expenses built into a savings account. That's where I'm at first. I'm out of debt and I have three to six months expenses saved in a savings account for emergencies. That means I'm ready. If you don't, if you're not, if you're not done with that, you're not ready. You're at step one in this house buying experience. Okay. You're at step one. Step two, once you get those two things done, step two is find out how much house you can afford. I would tell you at, at most, you should not be spending more than 30% of your net income, monthly net income on your home. No more than 30%. And I'm telling you 30% is the high end. I'm, I would like for people to stay in that 25% ballpark, right? That gives us 75% of our income to do the other things we need to do in life, right? 75%. So find out how much you can afford. Use that equation. Figure out what your net worth is, your monthly, uh, not net worth, figure out what your monthly net income is and take 25% of that and, and then figure out how much house you can afford because that changes, right? We talked about rates. We talked about down payments. We talked about all those things that adjust how much your monthly payment is. And that determines how much house you can afford, right? When interest rates are high, you can't buy as much house. When interest rates are low, you can buy more house, right? Because you all that really is equating to is your monthly net income and your monthly uh, mortgage that you have to pay. So that's how we figure out how much house we can afford. And then step three is save for that down payment. I challenge people to really push for that 10 to 20% down payment, 10 to 20% is where I would tell you to be. If you can get 20%, that is awesome. But if you can get 10%, um, and you're ready, you're through step one and two, I'm not going to knock you for it. I'm not going to knock you for doing 10%, but I would do 10% at a minimum. 10% is the bottom line of where I would tell you that you're just not ready yet. Just save a little bit longer and hit that 10%. But that's when I tell you, you are ready. Okay. If you're, if you're not through steps one, two, one and two, um, and if you're not through, excuse me, if you're not through steps one, two, and three, I would tell you, slow down, get, get to there, then worry about pre-approval, then find your agent, then go in house hunting. You see house hunting is not until step six. Most people go to house hunting at step one. And that's where the problem is. They fall in love with the house and they're just not ready. They don't know if they can even afford it. They haven't saved for a down payment. You see how like they move step six to step one and all of a sudden they, they're completely out of order and they end up house poor because they, they weren't ready. They didn't, they couldn't afford it or potentially they could, but they didn't know they could afford it. They didn't know how they were going to afford it. They didn't save for the down payment because they didn't know what house it was. They didn't know how much they needed, right? So do these in order and you won't end up house poor. Do them in order and you won't end up house poor. That is my challenge to you. So we've talked a lot about you know, everything that is, is kind of going on. Um, and, and what I want to, to say is this, as, as we wrap this up is you need to make sure if you're, if your credit is low and you get through steps one, two, and three, it does not matter that your credit is low. It does not matter that your credit is low. 
you have two options. Option A, go out and do a, a, a loan that will give you the best rate, right? Go out and do a loan that will give you the best rate and put 10% down, okay? That's what I would do. I would. I think that 95% of people are better doing a conventional loan, but here I am. I am, uh, this information is for educational purposes only and not considered real estate or mortgage buying advice. Consult your mortgage agent and your real estate agent to figure out your personal situation. But most people probably are better off with a conventional loan most of the time. Um, so I would tell you to figure that out, figure out if you, if you have a low credit score, but you also have figured out that you are out of debt and you have three to six months of expenses saved up, you know how much house you can afford and you've got that down payment saved for that much house. If figure out the best route for you to do it and you go jump in and do it. Don't let that credit score hold you back from buying a home. But just remember, if you're in debt and you or you don't have the three to six months expenses saved up, do that first. Do that first. It's very important for you not to end up house poor. Now, if you at any point along the way need a little extra support to just figure out if what's your next step, or maybe you need a get out of debt plan. You're like, I want to buy a house, but I'm still in debt. How can I get out of debt faster? I can help you. If you maybe you need help putting together a plan to um, to to save for that down payment, let's build that sinking fund to save for that down payment. Then let's get together, take fifteen minutes, totally free, free free consultation between you and I. Uh, we'll sit down. We will do a a quick analysis to see if a financial coach is right for you. And if it is, we'll get you started on a plan that will get you headed right in the direction that you need to accomplish your financial goals. Just head over to thefinancialmirror.org, hit book now, and schedule that free consultation. If you do want to give an extra dose of support to the stream, head over to thefinancialmirror.org forward slash shop and buy you some awesome financial mirror gear. All the proceeds from that go directly back into the company to continue to make better content and improve the quality of, of what we're producing here um, for you for you as the client, for you as the customer, uh, to help you be more successful. I truly appreciate everyone tuning in. I could not be more grateful. We just came off that increase your net worth series. Uh, we've gotten some good things going and, and I just want you to know that coming up next, we're going to do a real estate investing series. Uh, we've got some really cool items scheduled for that. Uh, so you don't want to miss that, but I truly appreciate everyone tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share all the episodes here at the Financial Mirror and leave a five-star review and a written comment. Both of those go a long way in helping reach more and more listeners. I know this was a data-packed episode. Uh, I hope you took something away from it. I hope that you learned a little bit of something that uh, maybe you didn't know about how FHA works, or maybe you didn't understand exactly how the Federal Reserve affects mortgage rates or how lower credit score buyers, uh, the fees are not exactly <laughs> higher credit score buyers paying for them, right? Uh, hopefully you learned a little something, how mortgage rates are, are set, how credit scores affect mortgage rates, all these things that we went over today. Hopefully that was a, either, either a, re a refresher or a new education for you. So I look forward to all the future episodes and, and what we're bringing here, but I uh, hope you have a great week. Till next week, continue improving the one thing you can control yourself. Peace. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, 
and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.